What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the So I Was Thinking podcast. It's your, your boys. boys. I wish There's we had time that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had actually time that. That would have been. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, Felipe over here and my co-host. Rowan freaking Keeley. That's not his actual middle name, by the way. Might as well be. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> All right, no follow-up explanation for why, but anyway, if you're checking this out for the first time, uh, welcome. We are sometimes a hot mess, but we do get to the good stuff, I promise. Uh, You can feel free to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're on Audible, we're on Amazon Music. Are we on Yeah, we are. Ooh, this is... We're on (laughs) iHeartRadio. I meant to bring this up to you. earlier but i guess we'll do it on the episode um bible gateway has podcasts on the bible app i don't know what we have to do to get on there but we should anyway stay tuned for that because we're working on it we we have bible gateway on the phone right now uh we're talking to the execs over there uh trying to get it all sorted out but we'll have that soon I don't think I don't think they would enjoy our podcasts because we uh well I shouldn't say we say some stuff you say some stuff uh that might not be part of their brand but you know whatever anyway uh, feel free to check us out on social media on Instagram at so I was thinking underscore podcast we're on the TikToks you can watch us live on Spotify not really live you can watch our videos on Spotify or on YouTube. Oh. You can listen to our podcast on Facebook from your phone. That's also new now. Really? Yeah, you can do that, but only on the mobile app. You can't do it from the computer. Um, shame. Uh, shame. Trying to think. What else? TikTok, Instagram. You see Facebook. That? MySpace. Uh, Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle. Uh, I have my own profile, and then I have a So I Was Thinking profile. I match with everybody. Do you have your own profile? No. I lied. (sighs) I lied. Ah, shoot. So, Felipe, what are we talking about today? What's what's our topic? Is our topic Christian Mingle? Yeah, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of online dating in the Christian community. Uh, we have no Bible verses to back this up. This is just all opinions. So if you don't like that, you can tune out now. Uh, otherwise, stick in or st- <laughs> uh, or uh, stay, stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned. S- stick in and stay tuned. <laughs> uh, yep. We're plugging in. Yeah. To the word and today. We hope that you stay tuned. It's a combination. Well, anyway. Uh, no, we're actually talking about failure. We're talking about the idea of, Speaking of. <laughs> yeah, that was a fail there. Um, but we are talking about the idea of failure and what that looks like as Christians and what our response should be. Because I think a lot of times, especially growing up, we, we didn't talk a lot about failure, but we did talk about the blessings of God. We talked about how God is going to prosper us and how we need to choose, you know, like we need to put our faith in him and we need to commit everything that we do to the Lord. And then anything that we commit to the Lord or dedicate to God, he's going to bless and he, you're going to achieve and you're going to grow and you're going to go and blah, blah, blah. And it was all these cheesy slogans one after the other about how God is going to take what you do and bless it and grow it. And But, but what happens when you hit rock bottom what happens when you're faced with failure 
Um, I didn't hear too many sermons on that growing up. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because really we need a response for failure because God isn't always about just blessing us. As a matter of fact, Jesus did not promise, uh, at all really to bless his disciples he promised them death he promised his followers that they would follow him and die he said take up your cross and follow me die to yourselves and and we get you know this gospel preached nowadays that anything that we do will be blessed now asterisk here uh god does bless people god does step in and do things that we can't explain because he's good but that's not the goal yeah, I can't relate because uh, I was confirmed with the verse Philippians four thirteen. So I don't know what that verse is. <laughs> You're not even Catholic. So what? What confirmation? What's Philippians four thirteen? Isn't it the uh, He'll make your path straight? No, nope, that that's one? in Proverbs. So Philippians four thirteen is the one that people take out of context. We did a whole episode. On Bible I know. I'm just blanking. Context. I'm blanking on what it actually is. It's something prosperity, something, something. I can. Anyway, sorry. I can do all things who Christ who strengthens me. Oh yeah, that one. Wow. I was confirmed by that. So that's just like the blessing God you has put on mine. my life. Oh no! But in all seriousness, I think the best way to approach the subject of failure is to look at some people who failed in the Bible because uh, the Bible is full with... Uh, of failures. Uh, full of failures. God loves failures. And I think actually that's... Uh, Shoot, that's how I'm here. <laughs> but um, we see in the Bible all the time that God takes the weak, he takes the failures, he takes the outcasts, and he uses them people for good. People that failed geometry twice? Can't relate. Uh, um, I got an A. My people are out there. <sighs> you know how I'd be. No, but God uses failures to like expand his kingdom. So I think um, right out the gate, I would say like with failure, I wouldn't let like your failure failures uh, define you because uh, God uses those failures uh, for opportunities and leadership. He uses those. Um, he uses failures to allow you to grow and to like expand like your knowledge of him. Um, I think. I forget. I feel like I'm quoting somebody, but I don't know who. But uh, <laughs> uh, so, I've so heard no, it. No copyright infringement intended, maybe. Yeah, I'm not meaning to plagiarize, but uh, you hear the, or at least I heard this thing growing up, I think. And it's like God's strongest when you're weakest. Uh, yeah, God's strongest when you're weakest, right? So when you're at your lowest point, when you're like, when you feel like everybody's given up on you, all that stuff, I feel like that's the time that God has set aside for you to like lean in, lean into his word, pray, and grow in your relationship because God is strongest when you are weakest. God's strong all the time, but it's just a thing to like when you feel weak, know that God is strong and he's stronger than your situation. Anyway, I'm off track. <laughs> it's all right. You do that sometimes. You do that often. Uh, but so I think I think um, in our lives, there's two different types of fail. Well, maybe not two different types of failures only, but at least two that we want to talk about today, because there's a failure where it's our fault. Right. Like there's times where we fail because we didn't do what we were supposed to or we did something wrong or we messed up somewhere. Um, and then there's failure where it has nothing to do with us. And we 
you know, like did everything that we thought was right. And we went after what we, wow, there's a ginger ale. Uh, we switched. We're healthier this year <laughs> for, uh, we're no more Coke. I haven't had we, Coke all year. Yeah, we haven't done cocaine all year. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't done cocaine ever. So let's start there. I did a line like December 31st. That's not funny. <laughs> now, go on. That's not true. Tell the people. That's not true. <laughs> he needs rehab. But not because he did a line, but because of... Anyway, I don't need rehab. I need rehab. So rehab oh. is. <laughs> I was gonna go into a whole transition, but I forgot who rehab is. Yeah, <laughs> there it is, isn't it? So anyway, there's sin or there's failure that it, it we um it has nothing to do with us, right? Like we put all our hopes and dreams into one thing or into something and then it all falls apart. What do we do when those things fail? What do we do when, you know, like we thought we had the right answer. We thought we were doing the right thing. And it turns out that we're completely wrong and everything falls apart. What is our response? I think regardless, there are godly responses, whether you're facing the first situation or the second. Um, and I think the Bible gives us plenty of examples of how we respond um, and either one. So let's take a look at some of those examples. Numero uno. The man, the myth, the legend himself, the one and only failure, uh, God's favorite failure, uh, David himself. Uh, I think we can learn a lot from da David. I don't know why I'm talking like this is a scripted school assignment, but um, we can learn a lot from David and his... Um, his failures because he failed a lot but god still chose to call him a man after his own heart and today we are going to talk to you about second samuel 12 now a little backstory on what happened at in second samuel samuel 12 is um there's a woman bathing on a roof and uh god caught david lacking and he uh David made a mistake and slept with her even though she was married and then she ki he killed off her husband. So like big oopsie daisy on David's part. And um we read in 2 Samuel 12 um <laughs> Can you just Can do you? it? Get serious. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so that's the backstory. David oh, David slept <laughs> David slept with uh, Uriah's wife, and Uriah was a, a soldier in David's army. And while Uriah was at war, David caught his wife bathing on the roof, which she did that for attention. This is all uh, stuff I've said. <laughs> well, no, but you're also being silly. And and so David sees her uh, naked, and he's like, ooh, I want some of that. And then... He calls her over. She's like, but, but I'm married. And he goes, so am I. And then he sleeps with her. Not really. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But then uh, to cover up for his mistake, he calls Uriah home from battle. Says, hey, by the way, why don't you go sleep with your wife? Because she got pregnant and he was trying to cover up the baby. And then a prophet comes and is like, yo, David, check it out. The Lord told me that you slept with somebody else's wife and then you killed him to make up for your mistakes. And but he didn't really say it like that. But then David caught it. And then uh, Nathan was like, oh, yeah, no, you're the one that messed up. He tells it in a in a 
story format that didn't say that it was David at first, but David was like, yo, you know, who is this man? He should die. And then Nathan was like, yo, it's you. Uh, and then David was like, what? No way. And then he repented. But then Nathan declared, uh, listen, you know, like Nathan, God through Nathan declared, by the way, like, I'm not going to kill you. But this son that you had with Bathsheba, he will die. Um, and it's interesting because David failed, right? Like David absolutely messed up, did not do the right thing and, and had to deal with the consequence of his failure. And I think that's one thing that as Christians, maybe if you've been, if you've grown up in the wrong church or you've misunderstood things for a while, you think I'm a Christian and there shouldn't be consequences for my failure. Actually, I think that's a lot of the message that society teaches nowadays. And people don't want to live up to their failure or to their mess ups or to whatever. And they think they get to make choices without consequences. And David's choice, David's failure had a huge consequence because this prophet just showed up. and was like, by the way, your baby's not going to live. And David had to live with that. Yeah, I also want to point out... Um you can read we don't have the chapter and verses pulled up but it's second samuel 12 and then i think uh this story the story is uh second samuel 11 through 12 if you uh what i'm referencing is like around verses 11 or so in the 12th chapter um but i i just want to point out like god even though like god was definitely upset like from what nathan said uh, Nathan said, like, you've displeased the Lord. And even the Bible says that, like, the Lord was displeased. So God was mad, right? But he still showed mercy on David by, like, sparing his life. Because Nathan says specifically that your life will be spared, but, like, your child will pass away. And then we see from David's response, like... A glimpse at what what we should do in failure right he fasts he uh he's like he's in prayer for seven days praying for this child that he um he knows is gonna die and he's asking for forgiveness and he's asking god to spare his child's life um and i think this just speaks to god's character as well because it shows that like even though david knows how much he angered the lord he was still confident that if he fasted and if he prayed that God would spare spare his child, right? And I think that speaks to God's character because David knew God very well. David wrote all of Psalms to God, right? And the fact that Most David, time. yeah, the fact that David still believed that God, there was a chance at forgiveness, um, shows that he knows God's character and he knows that God is a forgiving God and all that stuff. Uh, but as soon as David's child dies, right, we see he gets up, he washes himself, and he just goes back to living. And I think that's um, that response is tough because it's not always hard, especially if it's your child dying, obviously. Take time to grieve if you need to. But, um, like... I think it's just interesting that like once it's all over, David picks himself up, washes himself off and just like moves on. Yeah. And that might not have been easy for him to do, but 
his response is interesting. And like Rowan said, he spends seven days. So this baby's born. He knows his baby's going to die because the prophet said so. And he spent seven days not eating, just crying, just praying before the Lord saying, God, heal my son, heal my son. Uh, and then when God doesn't and the baby dies on the seventh day, he just, like Rowan said, picks himself up, watches himself off and goes to the temple to praise God, not to complain. Mm. Right. And so his failure came with a consequence and he didn't complain about the consequence. Although, let's be honest, we're talking about the death of a child that must have sucked as a father. You know, David had other children, but still, I, I doubt that as a parent, you'd want to lose any of your kids. Uh, but he knew that his failure had consequence. It was his fault. It was like the that child's blood was on his hands because of his failure. And instead of going to the temple and like knocking down the things of God and saying, you know what, you're you're dumb. How could you? You're better than this. You're not supposed to do that. David went to the temple and worshipped. Mm. Um, and I think most of the time, like I like I was saying before, our response and what we're told to do is to complain when things don't go our way. We want to not be held liable for our failure when it's our fault. We want to find another culprit. We want to find something else to blame. We want to find, you know, like a scapegoat and have something else be the reason, you know, for why things don't work out right. And it's our fault. And I think our response as we grow in faith, as we mature in faith more and more is like, man, I messed up. But God, the thing is, God still spared David's life. He still had a reason to praise. And honestly, even if God didn't spare David's life, he should have a reason to praise, right? Like that's, that's what like maturity shows is like you, you know that God is worthy of praise regardless, you know, like whether it's your fault, whether it's his fault, whether he, you, uh, do something and you have a consequence because of it or because he's God and he allows it and commands it, then like you, he's still worthy of praise, um, and then we have the story of Moses. Moses was like a hero for all of Israel. And and uh, he was the first person that God spoke to really outside of Abraham to lead his people out of Egypt. And the whole story and the whole legacy of Moses is one that is revered. Right. And and Moses was a failure. Moses had to deal with failure. After leading the people in the desert for years and years and years, he they get to this place, the people are thirsty. Moses is like, hey God, listen, these people are thirsty, what should I do? God says to Moses, speak to the rock and I'll make water come out from it. And Moses, in his anger, because the people were getting on his nerves, as people do, and if you read the story of, or if you read the book of Deuteronomy, you'll see that these people get on Moses' nerves a lot because they all they do is complain. Um, and do the wrong thing. They complain and do the wrong thing. And so Moses is always having to go to God and be like, yo, God, please heal these people. God, please fix the situation. These people are stubborn. They're hard headed. They don't know what they're talking about. They're always complaining. God just killed them now. Actually, God threatened to kill them. And Moses was like, no, remember your promise to Abraham anyway. So basically, Moses is like the customer service of... Uh God's like the manager and Moses is like customer service. Yeah, and the people of Israel are all Karens. <laughs> anyway... So then, so then, uh, so then in his frustration and his anger, Moses hits the rock. Now you might think that's not a huge deal, but God, but God's command was very specific to Moses. And because of his disobedience there, instead of just speaking to the rock and hitting the rock, God says to Moses, listen, I, you know, like you will see the promised land, but you will never go into it. Mm. 
And Moses dies looking at the promised land as the people of Israel cross into it. Like he never got, like God called Moses from Egypt, did all these signs and wonders, did all these miracles, did all these miracles in the desert for 40 years. God, like Moses got to see God. Moses had a relationship with God in Exodus chapter 33. Uh, you know, like God says that like, listen, I, I talked to the people of Israel through a cloud, but Moses knows me differently. Moses, I talked to him straight up face to face, just like somebody would talk to a friend. Like Moses was tight with God. But even then, God is like, no, 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 you'll never get to see the promised land. And what's interesting is like, Moses did all of this for all these years doing the right thing and he failed in one moment and everything like he missed out on the promise that he had been working towards. Yeah. And I think sometimes like when it comes to God and when and uh yeah. When it comes to God and when it comes to like okay, I failed whether it's like I wanted to achieve my dreams and like I couldn't make it. Or it's like I really tried and I just wasn't able to because like I got frustrated and I like I slipped up, I messed up, I failed, right? No matter what it is, it's uh, sometimes like what you want and what God want are two different things, right? And sometimes you're gunning for something and like it just doesn't work out the way you want it to and you're bummed out and there's nothing wrong with the way that you like had it planned or whatever but you also need to understand that like and maybe this will give you comfort in it and maybe this will like help you get through whatever you like failed at but like god still has a plan like you're still worth just as much to god as a failure as you were as you are like as a big success right so no matter what like you can still trust that god has a plan and god can like do whatever he wants with your situation and turn it for good and i think like there's comfort that comes with like god's sovereignty that i feel like we're, we we kind of miss out on right because we're like oh yeah god has a plan like drake makes a song about it and we all go nuts but like seriously when's the last time you've taken comfort in knowing that like god has your back like God has a plan and a purpose for every single thing you do. So like, like when's the last time you've taken comfort in that? Cause I know at least for me, like saying that is one thing, but living it out is a completely different thing. Cause it's tough. It's tough when you fail and you're like, God still has a plan. It's just like, I don't care if God has a plan. Like this sucks. I'm at like the lowest of my lows. Right. And you just kind of have to stick through it. Same thing with like David and how he just, he washed himself off and he kept moving, right? But, um, so what do you do then when you get to that point and you are faced with the reality that God did not do what you wanted? Um, you touched a little bit on like the idea that God doesn't owe us anything, but personally, how do you respond or what? Like, is there a situation? Is there an example where God didn't do what you wanted and you had to figure out this is how I'm going to respond. This is my response. And you like because there's tension in that. Yeah. Right. Like it's not it's not an easy thing. So is there a, a situation or something that you can be like, yo, this happened. This is how I dealt with it. This is how I wrestled with it. 
I'm trying to think. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know you were asking me questions on this podcast. <laughs> this has always been a conversation. No, I just... Because <laughs> if not, I can go with no, stuff. You go, because it might take me a while to think of something. Well, I mean... When you when you do everything you think is right, like so, for example, for me in 2020, even in the middle of COVID, you know, like COVID was the least of my issues in 2020. I didn't really care. I was coughing on people anyway. Just kidding. I'm not a terrible person. Maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, Depends on who you ask. But anyway, you know, like in the middle of 2020, in the middle of COVID, I had to face some very serious things where I thought, hey, you know, like. Um, there are relationships that I had missed out on, or there are relationships that I had lost. There were friendships that I had lost, and all these things seemed to be like uh, hitting a breaking point in my life. And it was like when when one thing went wrong, like a whole bunch of things went wrong. And up until then, I was like, God, I'm doing everything that I can to follow you. You know, like I'm I'm doing what I I believe you told me to do, and I'm trying to be faithful. Blah blah blah. And in the middle of being faithful, like everything went wrong, and it felt like it all went wrong at once. And um, it's funny that I'm going on this, and then I want to talk about Job, but um. You know, like there was a moment in my life where I had to say, God, like, who do you think you are? You know, like this is not who you are. You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to, you know, like uh, if I'm, you know, if I'm messing up, if there's sin in my life, absolutely fine. But up until then, I can't think of anything that I've done wrong, like for for all of this to go wrong at once. Like what is happening? You know, like and you feel lost and powerless and you also kind of feel vindicated and right, like. I've been doing the right thing. Things shouldn't go wrong. And I remember being humbled by God when I was praying one day. And he's like, "Uh, so what? You know, like, so what if this happened? I'll do it again. I'll take everything away from you. I'm still God, you know. And it's funny, Job 38 uh, and 39 and 40 and a little bit of 41, I think, um, Job had been like the story of Job is an incredible story. Like the first chapter is about how Job loses everything in his life. So he is blessed, he's well-known, he's respected, he has everything that a man could want. He has money, he has fame, he has power, he has influence, he has a wife, he has a bunch of kids. They're all blessed, they're all happy and dandy. And God goes, uh, oh, actually, and Satan goes to God's presence and says, listen, hey God, I bet I can make Job stumble. And God is like, no, I know Job. He won't stumble. And it, and like the rest of the story is how Job loses everything except his wife, right? Like, so he's just left with his, he has, he has no money. He has no kids. He has no fame. He has no influence. He has no power. And people and his closest friends are coming up to him like, yo, I don't know what you did wrong to God, but uh, apparently you've done something wrong. You need to repent. Another friend was like, why don't you just curse God and die? Just give up on this God of yours. You know, like his wife is like, listen, by the way, you need to figure some stuff out because you've done something wrong for all of this to happen to us. And like there's 37 chapters of this and Job finally makes a complaint to God at the end of verse 37 or at the end of chapter 37 verse and chapter 38. God is like, um, okay, Job, sit down for a minute. And for the next three chapters, God is like, uh, were you there when I created the universe? Were you there when I told the ocean where to stop? 
Were you there when I put the stars in the sky and told them how far away they needed to be from earth? Were you there when I told trees how many leaves should be on each branch? Were you there when I told lions what they should sound like and dogs how they should bark? Were you there? I mean, those aren't actual verses. Those, are, This is a big paraphrase of those three chapters because this is basically what God is saying. God is like, who are you to talk to me like that? Who are you to question me? And that's what I felt like in that conversation with God in my room was like, God was like, and so what if everything went wrong? I didn't cause it. I'm still God. You still owe me your whole life. You still owe me worship. I'm still worthy of praise. Um, and And my response, I had to sit there and think about what my response would be. And Job eventually sat down, shut up, and worshipped God. And eventually God restored everything to Job like two times over, right? Like so he was he had twice as many kids. He had twice as many land. He had twice as much fame and influence and power. Uh, and like when God restored Job. But here's the thing. What if God never restored Job? What if God never did anything after, you know, like the season that I went through? He's still God. He's still worthy of praise. And I had to sit in my room and over the next few weeks and days and months, I mean, fix that order in your head if you have to. But uh, like I had to wrestle with the fact that maybe I, I don't deserve this just like I don't deserve anything just because. I've been doing all the right things. I don't deserve anything just be sorry, just because I've been trying to be faithful to God, right? Like God is God and God can do whatever God wants. And it's still my duty to shut up and worship and serve him and love him and give him my life with everything that I have. Um, and so when everything went wrong, it was like, you have a choice to make. Do you sit there and you wallow in self-pity or do you act like David? You get yourself back up, you wash yourself off and you go praise him, you know, and, and all that talking. I don't know if you came up with something. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think uh, on a similar strain and I was going to wait until we talked about Job to bring this up. But I guess we're talking about Job. Um, there has actually been a season in my life where it's just felt like I lost everything right um like i i didn't have i set goals for myself every year and uh not physically mentally but um <laughs> i have goals and i have like what i want to accomplish right and um i was accomplishing the goals and then at the last minute like everybody everything kind of like fell apart and it felt like i lost all my progress and it was around the time that we actually started the podcast and it must have been around the same time Felipe was doing this because I remember the question that Felipe asked was like if God took everything away like family friends like everything you love if God took it all away would you still believe in him would you still be faithful and it's a difficult question to wrestle with right because it's like I don't want to think about like losing my family right like, I don't, I don't know if I would still be a hundred percent faithful if God took everything away. If I had nothing, like, would I still be faithful? And I think that's the ultimate question, right? I think it's the ultimate question to your faith. Cause like that may happen. God might take everything away. And so are you going to choose to be faithful or are you going to be mad about it? And just like, oh, like. God's the worst, right? Because we can't just enjoy God when he blesses us. 
Like, we can't just be Christians who are Christian when God is pouring blessings on us, right? Because, like, that's not how a relationships work. relationship works. And it's not how, like, God intended for, like, uh, what am I saying? Uh, <laughs> that's not... That's not what, like, Jesus said was going to happen, right? Jesus doesn't say that we're going to be blessed with everything we do and then, like, yada, yada, yada. Like, he he tells us that we're going to be persecuted. He tells us that we're going to go through hardships. And how are we going to go through hardships if, like, at the, like, slightest discomfort, we're like, God's gone. God's dead. He doesn't exist anymore. No, no, no. There's been 55 movies that say that God's not dead, and you can watch them all on Pure Flix. On HD. Yeah. Pure Flix. No, but I, I feel you on that. Um, Paul says it like this, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through uh, 14. He says, not that I've already obtained this or imperfect. By the way, right before this, Paul goes on and lists all of his accomplishments. So he's writing to people and he's basically picking a fight. And he's like, listen, I'm the Jewest of the Jews. I am the lowest of the low. I am the smartest of the smart. I am whatever. And he lists all of his accomplishments and, you know, makes it seem like he's perfect. But then he also talks about how he's faced battles and trials and temptation and he's been stranded and he's, you know, like had to face difficulty. And he says, not that I've already obtained this or already am perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. Uh, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Um, basically, what Paul is saying here, listen, it's not about my accolades. It's not about what I've achieved. It's not about my fame. I have faced difficulty too. And I forget what I've left behind. I forget the difficulty. I forget the fame. I forget the accolades. I forget my dreams. I forget my desires. I forget my things. And I press on towards following Jesus. And I press on toward making him the goal and the accomplishment of my life. I press on to knowing him and making knowing him and making him known the greatest accolade that I could ever be known for. Um... And really, like, we we were talking about this in church, and I think Rod and I have talked about this a little bit at some point in the last two months, three months. Anyway, but really about how our lives are meant to know God, right? Like, if 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 all we're ever put here to do, like, is to just be here, that's so dumb. But God made himself known and made a way for us to know him through his word, through fellowship, through, you know, like the revelation of Jesus. Like he wants to be known and he desires that we know him and the greatest desire of our lives, like the greatest accomplishment that we could ever achieve on this earth, regardless of our accomplishments or failures is knowing him. And I promise you, I don't think you could fail at knowing him unless you really, really tried to. And so when it comes to failure, Dig deeper into God when it comes to not hitting what you thought was the right thing. Dig deeper into God like he is your greatest joy. He is going to be your greatest satisfaction. That's good. I like it. So. That was good. Make sure. Are we wrapping up? Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. Make sure you guys. 
like and subscribe. Um, Why did your voice get so high pitched <laughs> here at the end? Hey guys, it's Ronito55. Um, no, but seriously, like and subscribe. Follow us on our social medias. Buy some merch. Um, if you like what we're doing, consider becoming a supporter. We yep. have a ton of awesome, awesome, awesome supporters. Yeah. Uh, so much thank you. Yeah. Thank yous for you guys. So much thanks. Um, keep persevering uh, and creating and being better people. Um, <laughs> You're on something. No, but seriously, though, if you want to support us, if you want to buy some merch, uh, check out our website, TwelveSyncingPodcast.com. You can hit the Become a Supporter tab. You can see all of our episodes there, all of our social media, all that stuff. Um, also, I'm just making this up now. If you go and buy some merch and you type in Happy New Year, we'll give you 10% off of some merch because why not? Happy New Year. Buy some merch. Yeah, I could do that right now. Thanks. Yeah. So there's that. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, man, I really want some merch, but these guys are overcharging us. Yeah, we are because we need money. Uh, but <laughs> I'll give you 10% off. Use the code Happy New Year. Bye. Bye, sweepies. Sweepies. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Peace out.